0: Friends, our gospel lesson today comes from the gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, to him, All of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him And suddenly the angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on us. Melt us. Mold us. Fill us. Use us. And to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's time to take a walk. Daddy, Mommy, MJ, Ben, Henry. It's walk time. It's not unusual on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon to have some member of our family bellowing these words throughout the house. It's time to take a walk. It may just be the four of us, along with our faithful dog, Henry. But if anyone else is visiting our home or hanging out for the afternoon, they're always welcome to come too. Carrie, Pam, Brogan, Parker, it's walk time. One of the great blessings of our still-new-feeling home is that there's a nature preserve right across the street. Beautiful land with a few walking paths full of adventures and exploration and opportunities. Our family gets bundled up, we put the dog on the leash, and one of the kids chooses which way we're going to go that afternoon. In my opinion, one of the best parts of our family walk is leaving everything else behind The laundry, the yard work, the dishes, the phones, the TV, the laptops. We just walk. We just go for a walk. And we walk out into the wilderness and whatever it has to offer that day. The noise of the rest of our life is turned down. The deadlines, the logistics, the lists, the to-dos... We turn down the volume and we slow down the pace and we just walk. Still wet from his baptism, Jesus was led by the Spirit on a walk into the wilderness. Leaving everything behind, Jesus didn't take companions. He didn't take provisions either. And one might wonder if this was a lonely time for Jesus or frightening time. We don't see evidence of this in the text, but our wondering inevitably comes to mind. Jesus had just been claimed by God in the waters of baptism. Remember those words, this is my son, my beloved, God proclaimed And yet before Jesus sets out into ministry in the world, he first takes a walk. A walk into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. The number 40 would not have been lost on the Jewish community surrounding Jesus, nor would the tests being offered by the tempter after this time of fasting and prayer. The rain of the great flood fell upon the earth, 40 days, 40 nights, while Noah and his family prayed for deliverance from evil and rain as God had promised. Moses fasted alone in the presence of the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights atop a very high mountain where he too was shown land as far as the eye could see. Elijah, followed the Lord's urging. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights as he fled to Mount Horeb where he encountered God. And the number 40 is further rooted in Israel's struggle. Israel, the people of God in their struggle to practice faithfulness in the wilderness day and night all throughout the book of Exodus. And the foundation of this story lies in the story of Adam and Eve that we heard earlier in the serpent's proposal that they too, they too could be like God. Matthew tells the story of Jesus' wilderness struggles to highlight his relationships to our forebears in Eden, to the history of Israel, and to the prophecy that God would raise up one like Moses, one among the people to be as great as he But Matthew also draws on echoes of biblical history because he wants us to remember that the faithfulness of the people of God has been forged again and again and again out in the wilderness, in an unknown land, in fasting and prayer in wandering and waiting and without provisions. The faithfulness of the people of God has been forged. It has always been forged in the wilderness. And so thanks be to God, Jesus is not the first to take a walk into the wilderness, to renew his spirit, to recommit his heart to the Lord. But the bigger hope, or perhaps the bigger question on this first Sunday of Lent is will we be willing to follow where he leads? Will we be willing to take a walk into the wilderness? Unsure where the journey might lead, but confident that it is only out in the wilderness, only in the wilderness, that the church's own faithfulness And our own faithfulness can be forged again and again and again. Lent is a pretty easy season to walk on by because there isn't isn't a culture around us that's swarming for us to pay attention to it like Christmas, though at Christmas we often pay attention to the wrong things. But you get what I'm saying. We don't have a Lenten season where we're building and building like we are to Christmas. It's not the most popular church season. Some even interpret it as a depressing church season. But to me, there is no better opportunity to return our hearts to God to peel away layers and layers of insulation and anesthesia that have hidden our hearts from God, numbed our lives to God, kept us from the truth of who God is and who God is calling us to be. The invitation during Lent is to look at all of the ways that we push God away, all the ways that we separate ourselves from God's love and all the ways that we might return to God with our whole heart. Lent is about taking space. It's about slowing down. It's about leaving the stuff of the world behind taking a walk and recognizing just how much has gotten in the way of our relationship with God. Before Jake Braithwaite became a Jesuit, his life was automatic, overplanned, overscheduled, but in a good way. He worked more than full-time, he was finishing a master's degree, he regularly attended the theater, he had a great group of friends in New York City. Life was exciting, it was exhilarating, and it was perfectly documented on Facebook and Instagram. But life was also really draining. It was really busy. In the midst of a lot of life-giving things, he barely had a moment to rest, Barely had a moment to slow down, to be still. And he writes, I felt the ache of the pace. When the rare slow moment came, I would be utterly overwhelmed by the range of emotions that might overtake me. Wounds I'd let fester, Exhaustion I had ignored. Difficult moments that I had just refused to process. Where had all this been hiding? Had it been here all along? I realized part of the reason I filled every waking moment with activity was because I didn't want to listen to a voice that was calling me to anything else. When I started to discern becoming a Jesuit, I was in a job that required a lot of international travel. At the end of a long season where I'd barely spent any time at home, I convinced my boss to give me a few extra days in the last city on my trip, and with few tasks to accomplish and almost no expectations on my time, I took a walk. I wandered. I wandered for days. And I didn't solve everything in my strolling, but I did start to notice some patterns. And I was finally able to hear God's voice because the noise was turned down. I couldn't block it out with the distractions, the parties and drinking, the to do lists, the social media, the household chores, the idle fretting about work that were all my preferred methods of distraction. I had finally, finally created space for God to speak. And I realized I didn't need to optimize each moment. I didn't need to listen to a podcast while I walked to work. I didn't need to check emails while I worked out at the gym. I didn't need to watch television while I ate dinner. I didn't need to listen to music and plan my next vacation and draft an email to my family in my head. I could just walk. I could just walk. turned down the volume and I slowed down the pace and I just took a walk and suddenly God's voice wasn't being drowned out by a thousand other things It's amazing what we might notice. What we might feel or experience if we just take time to step away from all the stuff. If we turn down the volume and we just slow down. A couple of weeks ago, we were singing a hymn together in worship, and I was aware that I wanted the organist to pick up the pace a little bit. It wasn't moving as quickly as I wanted it to, or as quickly as I thought it needed to. For at least the first full verse, I was distracted, a little bit annoyed. Come on, Jason. I thought, he knows I'm sharing this, by the way, but come on, Jason, I thought, there are five verses of this hymn we don't have all day. But the pace didn't change. It remained slower than I wanted And it forced me not to just read the lyrics of the hymn that I was singing, it forced me to absorb them and feel them in a way that I never had before. Lord, your summons echoes true when you but call my name. Let me turn and follow you and never be the same. In your company I'll go Where your love and footsteps show Thus I'll move and live and grow In you and you in me It's up to you whether you let these things happen in the next 40 days and 40 nights. Whether you let God's voice be heard and God's love grow and be seen in new ways within you. Jesus is taking a walk into the wilderness. He'd really like it if you would join him.